Welcome to the Slasher Sanitarium. I am your host, Troy. The Slasher Sanitarium podcast is brought to you by the Questionable Endeavor Network. Visit questennetwork.com for information on all the podcasts available under the Questionable Endeavor Network banner. Email us show at the Slasher Sanitarium at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Slasher Podcast or like our Facebook page. Visit uh, patreon.com forward slash slasher podcast to support and keep the slasher sanitarium alive now before i get into the episode i wanted to address a little something because i had po- i've started posting this episode onto the channel zero reddit and last week i was called a racist so um i guess i need to explain a little bit more of what i'm actually doing here you know i do comedy recaps and you know everything i say is is a joke and and in that kind of style and i understand that my humor is not for everybody i don't mean to offend anybody and i definitely don't mean to come off as racist especially considering that um the joke i was making was more not so much a a racist joke but more pointing out the obvious kind of cliche racism of the show of having the only black character on the show not have a father in the picture. Um, So I can understand how some people might be offended by things like that. Uh, If you're offended, just don't listen to my show. You know, I don't, I don't need you to tell me that you're not listening to it. Just don't, don't waste your breath on it because I'm not going to change the way I am. Uh, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing as long as people listen. And as long as I get feedback and people saying that they enjoy the show. So, um, again, like I said, you know, everything I do here is, should be taken with a grain of salt because I am trying to make you laugh and, you know, this is my humor. So that's it. So I'm not going to change. Um, you're not going to change. Nobody's going to change. Everybody stays the same. Everybody's a fucking asshole. So let's get into it. Um, my big question coming off of last week's episode is if we were going to be able to get our balls away from the wall because last week's episode was pretty pretty insane and this week's episode winds up being just as insane, which I love. Uh, we start with Jules remembering entering the room and touching the light of ball from last week. She really enjoys touching this thing. Uh, doing so not only gives her memories of her mother, but it also begins to birth her mother into this universe. The ball reaches out to grab the newly formed mother, and we cut back to Jules sitting on the couch as Creepshow wakes up. So this whole scene at the beginning here, you know, we still don't know exactly what this ball is. Um, 
and it's it's weird of course that the only person that we've seen kind of birthed into this world for our main characters has been JD himself and John so I'm very interested to see kind of what comes out of this thing and and if this ball is just like the house hasn't decided what she wants or she doesn't know what she wants I'm not sure it's it's fucking batshit crazy but I'm I'm interested to see what's going to happen here but we cut over to Margo waking up. Margo looks outside to see our two bikers again, uh, which means they must have some rock-solid thighs. She opens her closet to see that her closet is just kind of a like black hole at this point, down a uh, twisting hallway. But I'm sure it's completely normal. Uh, and then we hear, hear John talking to somebody. As Margo walks down the hall, we hear that he is practicing, practicing saying good morning to Margo. Uh, so again, completely normal. Margot calls out to him and then he totally nails it when he, he's presented with the opportunity to, to say good morning to her. He did a good job. He did a good job. Uh, so this is our first little look into the fact that John might not be John because him practicing the way he says stuff definitely is not something that is normal. We cut up at a JD burning JD which must smell great. And this brings up a whole bunch of questions on what the fuck happens now? Because either JD in the real world just goes missing, um, or fake JD gets out and replaces him, at which point, yes, he's going to have all the memories that JD has, but there's a lot of questions in regards to um, the fact that the only thing we've seen these kind of memory replicants eat are other memory replicants. So I'm not sure how JD would survive in the world because he can't really create them outside of this place. We cut to John eating his wife's head to remind us the, that that happened last week. And then we cut over to John in the morning and Margot asks where somebody went, but she can't seem to remember who. John assumes it's Jules. Um, we know that, 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 he, that she's not asking for Jules, but she's actually asking for her mother. So her, her mind not only is kind of getting tricks played on it with the fact that her mother is just not in her memory anymore, but it's also she's asking for somebody who she knows is not there because we know that her, her mother did not make the trip over, was not created in, into the world with everybody else. So weird but yeah john brushes it off and with good cause because he know he knows the score here he knows what happens um we do kind of get the the puzzle piece that john did in fact take margot's mother outside of her memories removed all of her memories formed it into you know this memory person and then consumed her so those memories are they're just gone we cut to Lacey, who is zip-tied to a chair as Beardo is showing her pictures of their life together. This is not a good idea. This is not going to work. And behind Beardo are pictures of Lacey with some other random guy. Which, at this point of the episode, I thought to myself, well, wouldn't it be interesting if Beardo is actually a memory replicant and this other random guy is actually the real person and he's just trapped here with his wife and Beardo is a manifestation. But I'm thinking that Beardo is actually a regular person. 
and that, yeah, this other random guy is just a memory replicant. JD's coming for a visit. And, but we don't get that to stay on that very long because we cut over to John, who's drenching an Eggo waffle with some syrup. Margaret doesn't seem too thrilled about this, but she asks him why he did it. Why did he leave them? Why did he commit suicide? And these two have a, a pointed conversation regarding the suicide, where John says it, he didn't feel much pain. Um, but that does leave the question, does he actually know that? He seems to know that he died, but Margot knows that her dad died. And it, it would be very strange for him to know not only how he felt during the suicide, but apparently after, because he says that he didn't, he just was done. So uh, a, a kind of a chink in the armor here. Margot ditches the ego into the. It was about to ditch the ego into the trash, but instead she sees that her mother's head is in the trash, which is just wasteful. That's a perfectly good ego, and you should eat it. We see that Margot is again forgetting more about her mother, and Margot tries to leave, but John tries to stop her. Margot attempts to leave out of her window, but it will not open. And that did not take long. We are not even two hours of no end world screen time. And we're already at full realization that this place is fucked. Creepshow JD and Jules are making plans to leave. JD has something going on with his arm. Uh, I couldn't quite figure it out. I wasn't sure if it was like a cut from his his fight, but he didn't really have a fight with real JD. He just kind of clobbered him to death. So, um, And Creepshow sees some things with his arm, but doesn't question him at all about it, which will come into play at the end of this episode. John wants to talk about the head in the garbage, as you do. He wants another memory person to eat as well. So I guess he's just going to keep sapping memories out of Margot to feed himself until Margot is nothing left but no-end house memories, which at that point then, I mean, what happens? Like, John can't make any more people if he takes every single person out of her, which is, of course, what's happening to Lacey, and we believe that all of her memories are being taken out and eaten by random dude. Margot dives into her fucking fucked-up closet, which apparently then leads her out of the pool, which is convenient. I wish my house had that option. Uh, at least she's out of the house now, but John does see her, so she should probably run. She's running through the town, and she runs into an NPC who asks her if she thinks it's going to rain. Thankfully, Jules, Creepshow, and JD arrive in time to see John kill the gardener. We hear a woman screaming, and this is Flower Boy's wife, and Flower Boy has his hose jammed on his throat. Again, I have to ask a question, what is this guy here for? Because we've seen that a bunch of these houses are just empty, so why did this place create the gardener and also created a wife for him? Is it that these are one of these two people are actually somebody from the real world that's stuck here? Or is this just NPCs that they've decided to kind of make it feel a little bit more realistic? I don't know. And that's, it's a question that kind of, kind of is bragging on me a little bit. Like, you know, what's this guy here for? He's dead now. So I guess it doesn't matter, but is his wife going to remember that he's dead? Is he going to be fine next episode? I don't know. Well, it'll, it, I, I don't know if we're actually going to get any closure on it, but I'm interested to see. Margot enters the school, and she runs into another NPC who shushes her, but then he, she 
has a little issue where she can't seem to shut it off. Um, sounds like a programming mistake. You should probably call IT. Um, you're also going to need to patch uh, Mrs. Shasinski there and you know fix that later. So maybe maybe update the you know the firmware a little bit on it. I don't know. I mean, there's some other changes that need to make that, that you need to have happen too. But uh, definitely, I don't know if it's a server issue or if it's just the code. But someone should take a look at that. Margaret heads down a hallway, and Jules finally finds her. And I'm not sure about the logistics here because Margot goes into the front door of the school, and it seems like she takes a path that should only lead to this one area. Jules comes from the other direction, so I guess she went in the back door. Which why? Why would you do that? John is about to find them when JD and Creepshow make noise in the hall to draw John outside. So, good thing that they somehow knew that Jules and Margot were hiding and needed a distraction because they they brought it. Uh, Margot then re reveals that she cannot remember her, her mother. Margot also catches a glitch in the Matrix as she sees the sky go black for a moment and then reappear. Lucy's faux husband arrives home, and as he as he strolls in, we get a very good sign that he is not a real person, because he looks at her and he's like, "Oh, silly you! How'd you get yourself tied up?" <laughs> but Beardo attempts to take him out. He gets tackled, but then Beardo manages to stab a student in the neck. Not really the way to win over your wife to stab her husband, the person that she thinks is her husband, in the neck and let him die before her very eyes. Margaret proceeds to ask Creepshow what he saw in room 5, and he says he saw his foster families. They have a conversation regarding family here, and Creepshow then notices the blackness. He says that he thinks it's the edge of the world. And this is what Margot did to her closet, so... Presumably, if they were to jump into this little edge thing, they'd either come out the other side or potentially, I guess, just fall out of the world, which probably wouldn't be a good thing. So I understand the hesitation to try this out. JD then sneaks into Jules' room, and he says he wants to leave, which, obviously, for good reason. Jules proceeds to call Creepshow Seth, so I guess he has a name! Seth and Margot go up to the water tower to see that the world is actually pretty small here. It's... Looks like about a, a mile stretch of city, so probably like a half mile on the sides, mile to two miles down down the center there. And Marco sees far off in the distance that the Noen house is actually still here. It just is hiding. She looks down to see that John is walking down the street, and then also notices that Jules is outside trying to find her. Margo and Seth manage to race down the side of the water tower, and they catch up with Jules, and then they, they have her haul ass away from John. They go into a partially renovated garage, which again, why is this house half finished? Don't know. And somehow John catches up to Margot. And John explains he was in a ton of pain and that is why he killed himself. But Margot figures out that he's just actually reciting memories from that Margot has. And reciting things that she just hoped was true. He then falls into the open hole in the floor as Seth and Jules come out, and apparently John has fallen outside of the universe, because there it's just blackness. So don't know if that means he is gone, or if he will just magically reappear someplace else. I guess it's good that he didn't just like reappear upstairs, because otherwise that would have been uh, you know, a, a bad thing to have happen at that point. The group makes it back to JD to see that Beardo and Lacey are there. 
Computer says that the house is hiding from them, and they and then he decides that they're going to go and find it in the morning. Margot then visits Seth. There's a ton of sexual tension between the two of these points here, you know, because killing your dad is a huge turn on. And we cut over to see that Jules is hearing whispers. Now, this is going to, this gets a little bit annoying because it keeps cutting back and forth, but it's something that TV does a lot, kind of inter, intercutting these two moments here. Margot makes her move on Seth as Jules leaves and heads down to the basement. She sees that the glow ball is there, and then we see that Seth and Margot are now making out. Margot removes her shirt, and Jules begins to get visions of her family as Margot gets topless. Now, the ball appears to have more than one person in it, too which was kind of cool. It was like three or four people in there. And they they somehow managed to get her to have like her the back of her head against the ball, and they're just like kind of holding her, her there. And as that's happening, we see that around her are a bunch of puddles forming, which means that they are pulling memories out of her head and bringing people over. Um, all this is going on, of course, while Margot and Seth are fucking in the other upstairs room. So we've got about... It looked like about eight to ten puddles of people, so I don't know if it's just kind of creating food for the other replicants out there or what. But we cut to the morning and we see that Seth catches JD at the sink, and JD's entire arm appears to be peeling off, specifically the tattoo area. But Creepshow seems a little too calm about seeing this, and JD says he thinks he's allergic to something. Seth goes back, hops into bed with Margot, and we get what is essentially them saying that Seth is not a real person because he is just grinning with the fact that he just got himself some real-world pussy. So, very interesting way to end this one because there was a part of me thinking that maybe Beardo was, was a memory person, but then the switch at the end to see that it was actually Seth, which this actually makes a lot of sense because they don't know this fucking guy. They they literally caught up with him in a bar where they were where Beardo was actually there as well too, so clearly Seth could easily be following and chasing down Beardo, one of the only people who have has escaped from this area here. And yeah, so but Seth still seems to be helping them too much, trying to escape, which clearly he knows how to get out because he was out. So I'm not sure I'm not sure what the whole double agent thing is with him. I don't know why he would try to help him. And also, if Seth has gotten out and is not back in, why doesn't he share that information with JD, who clearly wants to get out? I don't know. But maybe we'll see in the next episode. Because uh yeah, we're we're still doing this. We're still doing going strong here. So uh, like I said, that was an, an actually a really good episode. I, I enjoyed it a lot. There was a lot of a forward progression with the story, as well as giving us enough information to obviously keep us guessing on things, but to answer a couple of questions. So, all in all, very happy with with it, and we will see what happens next week. But make sure to you know stay subscribed to the Slash Sanitarium for more. I it's been a little bit of a rough couple of weeks here, but I hope to get back to releasing two episodes a week. Um, but you will definitely be continuing to see No End House here until the season is over. So with that, we will see you next week. <laughs>